I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. In episode 107 of the Food About Town Podcast, I had Seth Olney from the only place on Cuca Lake over. We talked about his store, all the things they offer there, from boat gas to sandwiches, famous sandwiches, to their fantastic craft beer selection. Talked about how you know the store came to be. And we also, of course, dove into some of the local controversy around his establishment. Uh, it's been news over the last, geez, two or three years now. And we got a little bit of an update where they are now in the process. Uh, still more to come out, maybe even news today. So um, pay attention and you'll see what the next steps are in the drama surrounding the Alney place. But if you're out and around Cuco Lake this summer, please stop over to the Alney place. Uh, great selection of food. And, you know, grab a beer with a view of Cuca Lake. Not much better than that. So thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please reach out, reach out to Seth on social media or contact me, Food About Town, on Facebook, at Strummy on Twitter or Instagram. Thanks for listening. As far as I'm concerned, this feels like summer outside. The pool is open, and I got myself a beautiful guest who showed up in my house today. I get anxiety when you make me leave Cuca Lake on days like this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's it's pretty much perfect for when it comes to Rochester oh, weather. I'm getting on 490, 590 exchange, and I'm like, this. You know, I'm doing a lot for a guy that I barely know, but... Uh, <laughs> It was so gorgeous today on Cuca Lake. I, I hated leaving, but you are well worth the trip. So well, I thank appreciate you. Thank that. Thank you for having me. And I, I think what we're going to do, once you introduce yourself so people know who you are. Ha. Seth Olney, the only place market in Delhi, Cuca Lake, New York, 823 East Lake Road, technically in Penyan, but as we all, or many of us know, Barrington is truly where I reside. Actually, my home is in Dundee. My business is in Penyan, but they're both in Barrington. So, Huh. So, one, I'm going to go back because I've been mispronouncing the name the whole time. I always say Olney because I'm from upstate New York and I, Rochester. I always like to say I majored in political science, but I minored in double entendres. So, <laughs> you know, always wordplay was something my mother got me into very early on. So when I bought uh, Froggy's Country Store in 2006, everyone said, oh, you bought Froggy's. That's great. That's the only place for 20 miles. <sighs> Oh boy! I know. It's I know. terrible. It's painful. It's it, painful. And I was, I was, a, I was, I was telling dad jokes before I had a dad bod, <laughs> and I'm not even a dad. Well, you know, it's in style right now. 
I think we're both very comfortable with that being in style Me, right now. Leo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he has a certain something else going on that I I'm not sure I can pull off. Who's that? Me? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. Oh. So when when is the store open? I know it's open now seasonally, but when is it open during the day so people can stop in? We open at 7 a.m. daily right now. Okay. Once I get going, it's one thing to wind down and cut days out, but once you're once you're getting going, you have delivery schedules, you know, whether the Cintas guy is showing up at four o'clock on a Monday or you know, you just when you're getting going, you gotta be there. So when we're open, it's it's a very soft opening. We usually open Oh, that like the Thursday before the Kentucky Derby this year was the fourth, you know, okay. Quattro de Mayo, as mm-hmm, they call obviously. it. Obviously, uh, and um, we we run right up through till till, till Labor Day. I'm there seven a.m. seven days a week, and then from there, uh, the closing time kind of changes. I, I had the store closed at four today. Tuesday is the worst day anyway. Half the places aren't even open in the Finger Lakes. So why they got me out in the middle of nowhere doing it? <laughs> screw them. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I, I agree I'm, completely. Yeah. I mean, who? No, there's very few people there. The locals are barely even there. Yeah. The, the real, the peak time doesn't begin until high school graduation is locally. You know, we've got some Colorado, Ohio, Virginia, Florida folks that make it a point to come early June. So we've seen an uptick just this week. But mm. for me, it's after Father's Day, really then uh, actually my birthday, which is next Wednesday. We I, I generally consider it the solstice. Uh, and then right through to Labor Day. We kind of peel back some time and, and close right around Columbus Day normally. And my, my winery friends think I'm nuts because that's really when their time is really getting going. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, I, the harvest time and yeah. all that stuff. People love being down there around harvest time. Yeah, it is. It, it is it's, a big pl- it's a busy place. It's a big area to cover. There is so much to see and do. Um, I like to go to the wineries <laughs> on the weekend. So I understand why people come. Uh, but I'm just at that point. I am mostly a second homeowner kind of family resort business. I feel first and foremost. Okay. And, and when those, I I, I notice the difference by the time. I consider it the fifty kind of days of summer, which is really from the solstice until, well, down where we are, it's NASCAR Sunday. You know, kind of that maybe uh, that second weekend in August. Yeah. Because by the middle of August, you've already got. High schools, southern high schools, starting back up. You have high school sports. They start that early. You, oh God! You'll, I think. I think uh, Florida this year is maybe August twelfth or thirteenth. Really? Start. Oh yeah. So oh, we don't see it. It's not a huge. Sucks for them. It does, it's not a huge <laughs> reduction right away. You know, but it's a good ten percent. You you feel it. You know, see, already that white hot part of the summer is already over, so to speak. Since we're in the Rochester, Syracuse area. Yeah. Right, the white hot summer. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, we sell Zweigels, red and white hot. <laughs> there so you don't, go. Yeah, I'm, I like that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, <laughs> so place opens seasonally. You're open early. You're open relatively late in the day, right? Yeah, at the peak of the summer, when we were really cruising there before we hit our legal woes, we were closing at nine Sunday through uh, Thursday, ten on Friday and Saturday, which which is perfect. It is. It means I only have to be there about sixteen hours a day. I mean, just sixteen. Well, in it, you know, and I, I, I have to say, I am closed the other half of the year. So I, <laughs> <laughs> and owning your own business, I always say, oh, it's beautiful. You get to work half days. You just yeah. have to pick which half of the day you're going to work. Mm-hmm. For me, it's which half of the year. When I, I, I grew up in a family business. Um, my, my parent, my dad runs a uh, Christmas tree and greenhouse business oh. back in Buffalo. Awesome, and. That whole seasonal thing where 
when it's during the season, like his opening hours are nine to nine every day. Yeah. And then that's just when you're open. So you're open for 12 hours a day and then you're doing all the stuff to make it happen earlier and later. So, I mean, I, this is how I did my summers for a long time was doing that kind of stuff. My life right now is a combination of Groundhog's Day and that Dunkin' Donuts commercial where it's time to make donuts. And I make these sticky buns most mornings, uh, certainly on the weekends right now, seven you, days a week. Are you the baker for those? You know, I, I kind of I cheat bake a little bit. It's yeah. a little little prefab mixed with a, with some a, a topping that is really kind of what makes it, in my opinion. Awesome. I, could, I could put it on anything and it would sell. <laughs> so, you know, the vehicle is just that. So, uh, a recipe that my grandmother shared with me many moons ago, and I kept, and it's uh, I it's become a real cult favorite. So we have people there waiting, pre-ordering. It's become my own. Not my personal nightmare, but it's <laughs> it, you know it forces me to be a good boy at night because I got to be back in the morning melting butter, and everybody wants it. Ev- on a good, you know, on a good Saturday Sunday, we'll you know we're doing like I make baker's dozens by yeah. the, by the batch. We're doing nine to twelve baker's dozen of sticky buns. <laughs> That's a pretty serious amount, man. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, for 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 a place that has, I mean, it's really people going there specifically. Yeah. At least most of them. Yeah. At this point, right? I mean, yeah, we've got not, a lot not, of regulars. Not, not, a, not a lot of foot traffic when the nearest town is eight miles away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's it. People have glommed on to the idea of kind of having a, a little deli they can come to by boat, by car. Uh, we've become the tradition of of many family reunions and annual vacations, and it's it's really to me, it's I would say the only place is a lifestyle business and. Uh, for me to uh, to provide a lifestyle and kind of complement people's vacations, it's a really satisfying part of the business. Yeah, so talking about what the place is, obviously you mentioned it's a deli. You carry a wide selection of um, basically goods for the person who's vacationing in the Finger Lakes for the weekend when it comes to beer, snacks, whatever. And that's kind of what the place is in a lot of ways, is making your vacation awesome for food and drink stuff. Yeah, it's it's a as my ads will say on the radio, it's not just a store; it's a lifestyle. Yeah, uh, and we want to do as much as we can to promote that lifestyle. So, there are many customers that have never been in the store that just come by boat, that get boat gas, maybe have you know sandwiches and ice delivered to the dock. Oh, you have boat gas, and then too? I, see, I, I see him. Oh yeah, we're on the water. I didn't so. know you had gas. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Oh yeah, so I'll see a guy that I've seen sitting down shirtless for most of the summer, and he'll walk in and say hi to me in the store later in the fall just passing through and i'm like who are you <laughs> like hey it's mark you know i'm the guy i'm like oh you know just frame a reference take stuff, your shirt you know? off so yeah, i right. know who you are <laughs> <laughs> uh so that part of it's interesting because we're really not one thing you know many people would consider us a, a gas marina station many would consider us a deli many would consider us a grocery store many would consider us a beer bar you know, at I, least I, now they would. Yeah, well, <laughs> now that we can, we will definitely talk about that in a legally, few politically, and every other way. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, we sell. I, I like t-shirts. I like designing t-shirts. I like coming up with kind of clever. I like color combinations. That was always kind of one of the things I wanted to get more into, even before I had the store. So it's a lot of little moving parts that collectively make a pretty cool place. That after now in my eleventh season, I'm really proud of. Well, and also one of the things that I've always noticed walking in is how much local sourcing you do. I mean, sourcing specifically, this isn't a just any corner store. It's curated. I mean, that's 
I think the best way I would describe it is a curated store of all those things when it comes to, you know, the deli or the snacks or whatever. It's really curated for everybody to come in. I spend a lot of time traveling in the off season, finding cool products, but really it's, it's my time when I'm home forging relationships with the honey guy and the cheese guy and that kind of stuff. So, and I have some great friends that, that broker really great products. Uh, Larry Wilcox with, I think it's Finger Lakes Artisan Foods. Yeah, Artisan I think so. Foods. Uh, he's done such a great job of, of bringing something as obscure as cheese and turned it into so much more. Not only cheeses, great guys, uh, Pete Mesner over at Lively Run and, and or you know red jacket uh, orchard you I mean, know all yeah, their the, juices the you know, cheese this, game and the finger wakes is just dynamic the, the pickling game the jelly game oh, it's uh, so good it's really amazing so there's there's so many great businesses that I don't have time to get to I know the owners but I can't be driving over to Interlake and to pick up goat cheese you know twice a week so to have those core businesses like Larry be kind of the the arteries to connecting all of us are that's part of the game and and. Like I said, I pride myself on when you walk in the store, there are no Doritos, there are no Oreos. You know, there are things we can't get away from, you know, Hershey bars for your s'mores and, and Coke and Pepsi, but... The, I do the, I do hate a Hershey bar. Well... I know, really do. We like to upsell. <laughs> we don't sell, you know, we sell the, the marshmallow, you know, the Jet Puff. Yeah, of course. Uh, but we also have these... I forget something s'mores that we sell. You know, we've got like cinnamon churro flavored s'mores. Ooh, and, wow. You know, uh, peppermint, uh, dirty Girl Scout kind of flavored ones. And that sounds delightful. It's, it's cookie dough. You know, we, we like to upgrade you everywhere we yeah. can. So chocolates, even the marshmallow game is pretty strong there. So. But I mean, there there is there is I would, what I would call a very strong brand recognition when it comes to s'mores. Yeah, you know, it's honey made and it's it's Hershey and it's Jet Puff and yeah. that's what you're getting. And pretty much. We used to we used to have like a big display of each when we first started out. We called it you know like head smorters. I think was, <laughs> your your, your Cuca Lake head smorters was the nickname. It's so again, terrible, horrible, just awful. I, I, you know, I'm not even good at this. I don't I don't know <laughs> who let me keep running this place. <laughs> oh God! So let's talk about your travels and beer for a second, because from everything I see from you on social media, you are. A severe beer nerd and one that gets everywhere in the off season. Uh, that's pr- probably eighty percent of that spot on. The other twenty, you know, we can skew it how we want. Well, of uh, course, yeah. You know, I would consider of the general. I talk to a lot of people that that drink beer. Yeah, I'm probably in like the ninety second percentile of all the things you can know about beer, right? But to get to ninety three, I feel like is like years away for <clears> me to get to. I feel like. Yeah, and so I've been to many places. I embarrassingly haven't been to a place like Hill Farmstead. Oh, yet I've been to you know Three Floyds and Sante Adarius and some of these other places. So um, I kind of take advantage or, or for it. I take it advantage of it. I should say, excuse me, uh, how close some of these places are that are among the world's best. But I guess I'm just looking to get out of the Northeast as soon as the store closes. So I, I, I unfortunately don't get to some of the places I should. But I do. I, I get out west as soon as Columbus Day comes. Denver, all up and down from Vancouver to, to Central Coast, um, the Southeast. I, I do a quite a bit of traveling, and yeah, I, I it's a huge part of what I do. It's to me, it's the best part of what I do. Yeah. So two points about that. One, 
I've been really reading up on Vancouver recently. It's somewhere I really want to go. Awesome. I've never been. I've been to Seattle and San Francisco. Yep. I haven't been up to Vancouver yet. It looks like it's such a cool place. Uh, uh, two winters ago, a year ago this past winter, um, I flew into Seattle and took a train up. And oh, most beautiful. of you're up along the Puget Sound, and most of that train ride, you're looking. You're, it's there's nothing between you and, and water for probably sixty five percent of that ride up. Um, came back, rented a car, and did like the Olympic Peninsula and all the way down to. Usually down into Central Coast, I get as far south as at least Santa Cruz. I, I try to stop at Santa Darius when I can. It's one of my favorite places to go. Where is that one? I haven't. I don't, I'm not sure I know much Sante about the Santa is technically, well, I stay in a little town next door called Aptos. It's technically in Capitola, which is just east on the 101, just south, maybe southeast technically, of Santa Cruz. Okay. So you're, um, you're, you're through the Santa Cruz Mountains, kind of on that... A lot of people know Mavericks. It's a big surf spot. Okay. Half, Half Moon Bay, uh, Pescadera, out that way. It's artichoke country. Oh, very cool. Artichoke country, which you don't, you know, you see, if you're out here, you know what a soybean field looks like. You know mm. what a cornfield looks like. But when you're out there, it's it's all Brussels sprouts and, and artichokes. And when you see the real estate that artichokes are grown on, you can understand why they're so goddamn expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are you're just a mile off the coast of central California and some of the most beautiful climated land. It's probably the closest thing to maybe the Mediterranean, northern Mediterranean. Not that I've been or even know what I'm talking about, but it's just this beautiful, perfect, temperate coastal breeze all the time. It's amazing. One, that sounds beautiful. Two, that sounds delicious. Yeah. it's Oh, find other truck stands on the side <laughs> oh, of the road. God. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, Highway 1 uh, Brewing is right there. Uh, another favorite brewery, certainly my friend Shahab, who lived in Salem, Oregon for a long time, got me really turned on about four years ago to DeGard, okay. one of my other favorites. And, and actually, DeGard and, and Sante Darius do quite a bit of collaborations, uh, even with Jester King out of Austin, which a lot of people are familiar with. I, I actually have never been to Austin, embarrassingly. Um, but I mean, uh, that's when you, when you list off all these places, and you, ha- you say you haven't embarrassingly been to Austin. I just got back from my... Honeyman trip. We went to Italy, which was amazing. Sure, but I went to New York City for the yeah. first time. That's amazing. Yeah, but it does, you know, it's not. I, again, there's so many. The world is so. The more you go, the more you realize you're never going to get to all there's, of them. There's right? so much to do. I've never been to Europe. It makes me so excited every time. I it's embar- every, that's embarrassing. I know. San Diego. I guess just, you know. I'm. I'm. I am single. I'm thirty. Almost thirty-eight. I am you know, spouseless. I'm childless. I should be seeing these places. What yeah. else am I doing in my time? Stacking groceries, <laughs> fighting the government, <laughs> fighting the man. Uh, no, that the, there's so many incredible. I could talk about travel and beer for a long time. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, it's it's one of my favorite things. Seattle. I just got to Seattle during that last stretch for the first time. What's going on there? And places that we sell. You know, I, I try to get to the holy mountains of the world and, and places that you. You drink a lot of beer from you know the Fremonts and um, in the in the North Pacific Northwest you know you've got like the Breaksides the Cascades some of the you know it's a lot of beers that we first when you and I were probably first getting into craft beer maybe six seven years ago those are that far reaching places you know like those that's where craft beer was yeah and that's where my heart always took me uh, with my travel out there and. I, I'm clearly very happy. I don't know if you're going to be going with me. I'm going to go down to Unter after this. Oh, that and, sounds fantastic! Uh, I'm going to. I'm so proud of what the New York scene is doing. I've spent a lot more time in the off season actually traveling. You know, to going to see Sloop, going to Suarez, 
Yeah, we went. These guys. We went to um, single cut when we were down there. Never been to single cut. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a tiny little tasting Astoria, room, Queens, but, right? but man, yeah, yeah in the story, and their but their beers are so consistently good. We sell uh, we sell a lot of LIC mm-hmm. uh, draft at the store. Um, the New York beer scene, the inner boroughs, the Gun Hills, Transmitters, KCBC. There's just so much amazing stuff going on down there. It's it's really exciting. So I'm just as proud. And even if you looked at my list three years ago, my my draft list, you know, maybe two or three, I was lucky. I, I felt like I had regular access to. Mm-hmm. Now I got Stu Ben like across the lake. You know, I mean, cheapers, creepers. It's I mean, crazy. What, what Chad Zamar is doing there is just it's an amazing space. So I I'm. I'm lucky to get on some of my own local beers now, you know, because there's so much, so many good options and such high demand for these great local places. Well, the brewing scene, not only in the Finger Lakes, but in Rochester as well. I mean, you're getting these kind of, this kind of selection now that, I mean, we're getting phenomenal stuff from, you know, six, 10, 12 different places. And not that the whole everything's amazing, no, but we're the, getting a lot of. I, I mean, I can look, beers. I can open up my distro book and, and get. You know, from from some of these distributors, I mean, I have three heads delivered. I can have Rock, I can have Roarbox, but now it's Four Mile and Stoneyard and Upstate, and you know, if, if you if you beg and plead kindly and give them a good enough reason, even you know, clearly Prison Prison City, of course, when you're fortunate enough, they were kind enough to give us a, a keg. Oh, beautiful! When we open up their their new collaborative, uh, not a collab, but a a new th- series theme they're working on, which is called Turf Wars. Oh, uh, beautiful! Which is kind of a Sometimes east meets east meets west, uh, northern hemisphere versus southern hemisphere. They kind of find a theme and, and go with the uh, two rivaling hops against one another. So, Sounds like fun. Yeah, it was good. I'm sure it was delightful. I asked Ben if I could say that it was based off of my turf war with Barrington. <laughs> he said yes. So yeah, of course. <laughs> so th- this is this is the official the official Prison City beer of that the only so. place. Don and Mark, I yeah. love you guys. Please, <laughs> please let me sell more of your beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think the other thing I wanted to go back to, just because I found the the analogy you made really apt for the way I like to do things as well, is there's a level of expertise that you can get to on a topic, and then you don't feel comfortable being a true expert in that. Yeah. And this is the level I I enjoy getting to. But I find it somewhat intimidating sometimes when because the people I like to talk to are the people who know more than me. Oh. So I don't feel like I know anything sometimes. Like when I talk about beer or coffee or uh, whatever, wine or spirits, and I sit down with people who I know who are the you know, the crazy like industry level experts almost. And I feel like I just don't know anything. Jason Ellsworth. Uh, let me let me let me go on the list from the Isaac Bernunzios and Dan Bailey's of my world. I don't know if you know some of these guys. But I know a few. Like I, I yeah. know Jason somewhat. I don't know him well. Daily McCormick, my my rep now, uh, my three or four reps ago, the original guy, a guy named Greg Pasiznik, who worked for TJ Sheehan, really steered me into the craft beer world. And you know, I can remember him. <laughs> I can remember him coming in in two thousand maybe twelve with a Weyerbacher Reserva and him being like. You know, they've been doing these beers in Belgium forever, these sour beers. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like, this is the future of beer. I tasted it, and I was like, that's salad dressing, dude. Nobody's <laughs> going to drink that. <laughs> and here we are now. I, I brought, so that everyone knows, I brought a, half of a six-pack of Bug Zapper from Avery, which is a, I thought it'd be kind of, for the beer week, do something a little different. Absolutely. Uh, this is a sour with lime zest, ginger, and mint. 
It's I gotta 6%. say, it's actually you know it's a nice little food beer. It's, it's a nice delightful. afternoon beer. Yeah, it's good. I think it would go great. And when we're talking about, not that we're talking about pairings, but if I'm nerding out for a second about beer pairings, sure, this would be absolutely perfect with a spring vegetable, yeah. spring vegetable dish, whether it be a pasta or a salad. Or even a risotto, anything with those bright green flavors. You, I, I could see it like a, from a cold melon soup oh, to a cold asparagus dish. To, absolutely. This would go with a lot of things. Or you want to do even a flatbread with, you yeah. know, you echo one of the flavors. Either you do lime zest or mint, do a little bit on your flatbread with asparagus and maybe a pea puree. This would be just phenomenal with the seasonal vegetables. Mm-hmm. And also on a hot day like today. Yeah. Well, it was just phenomenal well, it was, stuff. It was, it was eighty-one. Let's not get ahead of eight. Maybe I think I heard eighty-two. I, I grew up. I grew up in Buffalo. This is hot for me already. I don't like it. Where I'm not Buffalo? built for this. Where in Buffalo? Boston, New York. That's a place. Yeah. Huh. Cool. I went to Hamburg High School. Okay. So we're we're the small town that we have our own elementary school. Uh-huh. We're not big enough to have our own high school. Oh. So we got bust into Hamburg to go for the Dundee's for high K through twelve. Let me tell you what. Whoa, oh, look yeah. at you! I think mid sixties, probably sixty three, sixty eight kids I graduated with. So yeah, rode the bus. You know, same bus as kindergarten as I did up to my you know junior <laughs> sophomore year, whatever it was. So um, yeah, I, I'm from a small town myself. So so, not from, but not from an Arctic place like Buffalo. Yeah, so. you know the brutality the of Finger Buffalo. Lakes. The the real yeah, you're, you're the banana belt of, of the upstate weather scene. You're buffered. We are. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of which, um, the view from from your place is one of those picturesque views that people die for in the finger lakes. Pretty good. Um, there are better views if you're just searching for views. Yeah. But if you have to have a pint of name the brewery from Hudson Valley to, you know, Anderson Valley mm-hmm. to be in, in my store and the AC and the tunes kind of jamming and nice, you know, crowd of people, people indoors, outdoors, and you're snacking on cheese curds or a, a nice deli sandwich. It makes for a fun scene. And that's that's kind of what I've been trying to build there Well, over the last decade. We're doing a pretty good job of it. So let's talk for a second about the sandwiches. Yeah. So I've had the sandwiches a few times. These are salad sandwiches that I think they're they appeal to the general public really well. These are the kind of sandwiches people love, and I've heard from way too many people. I mean, we're talking everybody who drives through on the radio, uh, you on Evan Dawson. I remember people oh, yeah. fawning over them. Oh, man, Evan loves from, loves. From, I know what sandwich you're going to say now. It's crazy. For sure. I mean, I'm not even going to say it because I can't. Every time I hear your name, this is the name I hear next to it. Rachel was a sandwich that I was introduced to living in South Florida, you know, yeah. two J's, one of these Jewish delis, you know, uh, going to school in SUNY Albany, having a, having a bacon, egg and cheese, you know, long, big Long Island influence okay. in, in SUNY Albany. And, uh, there isn't a Sunoco on the one, you know, Montauk highway that doesn't have a, a griddle in the back flipping eggs and, you know, salt, pepper, ketchup and whatever it is. So when I opened the store, by I the way, boo. Uh, let's what? not let's not talk about putting ketchup on breakfast. No, no, no. Oh, no. You have to. That's, Goddamn that's, embarrassment that's is what sadist. it is. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. We no. leave the bottle out, but it's, it's rarely, you know, 4% of all breakfast sandwiches. You'll be happy. For those of you listening, you'll be happy to know only 4% of all breakfast sandwiches, according to my math, end up with ketchup on them. So it's most people would never do such a thing. So. I mean, any God-fearing person, if you're going to use a condiment, it's Sriracha, hot sauce. Yeah, Cholula, Tapatio, 
I mean, these are acceptable things. Better hot sauce, the better. But you know what? I have a soft spot in my heart for Frank's still too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a dominant flavor. But I don't come even on. think we sell Frank's at the store. I like that. I don't think we sell Frank's. I like that. I mean, I make my own hot sauce. I'm a hot sauce nerd. Yeah, sure. Oh, good. I love that stuff. Okay. It's so good. Okay. But, you know, it's ketchup just destroys the whole flavor. No, 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 no. I had, I had to stop the conversation because you mentioned ketchup on a breakfast sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not, that's, again, just mocking my downstate friends. <laughs> uh, so when I opened the store, I knew that it was newspapers, probably cigarettes, coffee, breakfast sandwiches, and Rachel's. And yeah. everything else from there... I just kind of pointed it to a portion of the, the, the package, you know. This is my how, the beginner <laughs> how-to for dummies grocery store, and you've got Andy Caps chips and the the Fridays chips and three skews of Pringles and Pop Tarts and all the things. I am so glad that I got rid of a few years ago. You got kind of inspired by my travels and just the general ability to curate a clientele right. that wanted the better stuff. And uh, wasn't that a huge part of it, though, when you're the stuff that you make, the way that you position yourself changes your clientele. Build them, they'll come. Yeah, I, I've you know, I, I tell the wife this often. My wife's a full time artist. And, you know, over her course of working on being an artist, she's changed her prices. She's changed what she offers. Sure. And she's built a better clientele you for demand herself. More. You know, you, yeah. you invest in yourself, you build equity in yourself, and you need a return on that investment. And for me, I've put my 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 life into that store. The last decade of my store has has gone for that. And there, there you know, I've paid a price, and I'm I'm trying to pass it along as nominally as possible. But there's a price to pay for it to keep me excited, to keep me going, to try right. to do bigger, to try to do better because. My, you know, they're almost like a membership at this point. You know, the store is almost like a country club kind of a setting or a clubhouse, I guess, is the proper, not a country club. Yeah. God forbid. Uh, <laughs> but a clubhouse yeah. kind of a setting here. So um, I have people that just demand more of me and they're willing to participate to both with their time and their pocket to see where I can take it. So Sounds good. Got some fun. This week we're doing a, a Father's Day event, both Saturday and Sunday. Some Beautiful stuff with food. Uh, I got actually a food truck coming in on Saturday. Who you got coming in? I have a, a, a local barbecue guy named Jr. Uh, he's done a couple of things for me: brisket, ribs. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of him actually. He's down there. He's he does a bunch of great stuff for us. And and for me, it's it, a lot of it. I'll be honest with you: the food service part. The, the town of Barrington wants to paint me as a restaurant. And if I could pick one thing to get rid of. It would probably be that deli counter, but that's what brings them in. You know, food is not a great money maker. We know no. how many restaurants go out of business. Um, it's it's not my bag naturally, but we we do a good job of it. I take pride in what we serve, and and I'm I'm happy to break even with it. Sometimes I feel like hmm. so if I can get people coming for a little bit more, and, and just I'd rather sit in the back and pour pour pints if I can. So I like that. Not spread mayo. And now you can. And now we can. Now we can. So I'm going to ask one more question before we take a break. Sure. And then we're going to, we are going to talk about some of the controversy stuff because it's just super juicy and fascinating stuff. <laughs> um, but I think what, what I want to ask was you've been running the store for how long now? You said 11 years? I bought the store uh, technically right at the end of 2006, tore down what was there, built right. this 60 by 40 box painted it white inside and threw some siding up and started selling checkers cigarettes and you know 50 cent bags of penny candy or whatever yeah. you want to call it uh so that was that was april 28th or april 23rd excuse me of 2008 so we are 
We're just passing our 10 years. This is the beginning of our 11th season. Does this place feel more you than it's ever been? Is this place you more than more than ever? With the with the litigation pending and and the fines that I was being was being levied against me by state liquor authority uh, because of for some improprieties kind of that were existing at the time, mostly administrative. Um, it really it was it was hard to keep going sometimes, yeah. and to have that back room closed and for twenty months. You know, people coming in and having to explain to them, you know, you can have your beer here, but not here. And here's this beautiful air-conditioned room, and we have to just, like, look at it, you know, pressing our faces up against the window like there's a bunch of puppies on the other side. <laughs> or something. Um, I was pretty down. Yeah. And uh, But I, I've, I've been patient. I've put a lot back into the store. And, and just in the last six months, literally the last three months, I instantly feel better about the store than I ever have. I really do. People are more complimentary. You know, everything just feels right. And the pressure's off for the first time in like three years. And in that time, the store's grown. You know, yeah. we continue to grow and evolve. But I, I couldn't still be kind of me. And I, I feel more like me. And the store is a d- direct representation of that, I believe. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good. All right. Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. I'm here with uh, Seth Olney from The Only Place over on Cuca Lake. And we'll be right back with more. Before we get back to this week's episode, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about Frankly. That's P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. Frankly is the best way to find out how your favorite local restaurants source their products and also how to find your favorite specialty goods. You can check out restaurants like Joby and Coffee, Marty's Meats. Search for them on Frankly and find out where they source their goods from. Or you can check out your favorite specialty product like Guglielmo Sauce. Search for them on Frankly and find out all the locations you can buy their sauce all over. That's Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. All right, and we're back with Seth Only from The Only Place over on Cuca Lake. And we were talking in the break for a couple minutes about different breweries. And the point I was just getting to was how fascinating it is when... These beers that you and I know are fantastic, people just stop caring about completely because they're not oh. new and fascin- new so, and interesting. So, uh, so what sparked this was we got into Firestone Walker, and we both realized we were having a conversation, so we said stop. But yeah, Firestone <laughs> Walker, looking at what sits on my shelf now, the Heldorados and the Parabolas and even Sticky Monkey, you know, these things sit on the shelf now. And they're smaller format. I think part of back in the day, they were, they were big format bottles, but Firestone Walker on the West Coast... Uh, we were talking about Whistle Pig, you know, some of these amazing barrels that they're able to curate in the, in their beer making. I mean, it's really unbelievable. I mean, really do. high-end stuff. I mean, I, I was at the Beer Expo last weekend. Um, I think it's going to come out on Friday. Uh, but I had they had a parabola that was aged in Ardbeg scotch barrels, and it was phenomenal. I mean, we're talking, this was, I tasted a fair amount of big, you know, stouts. That day, in a fair amount, generally, this is one of my favorites I've had in a while. I thought it was awesome. The, the big barrel beers, though, too, are style-wise just not as popular, I think. No, I think you know, they're dying a little bit. A little bit. You know, people want to drink beer. Yeah. Beer's a beverage, too. And when you you got these 750, you know, whatever you want to call them, 22s of, you know, 13%, these brewery beers and some of these beers that come out. You got you got to sit on them a little bit. A you lot, get it's a, yeah, you got to sit on them. Then it's a lot to sit on unless you got three or four of your friends with you, kind right. of to share them because it's they're so sipper. big. Nobody wants to nobody wants to spend thirty dollars on a seven fifty, then crack it open and be like, eh, right, this is too much. 
Right. I mean, even even if you sit down, like, I mean, the big release, one of the big releases every year, you go get a KBS, you know, four pack, you sit down and drink one. And this is a 12 ounce bottle. I I think it's one of the better things that Firestone Walker did. They don't sit nearly as much now in that smaller format bottle, you know, the little brown box and how you see those beers sometimes at Costco, you know, that's. It's a shame. That's that Duvel money. (laughs) That's that. They do that (laughs) Bealton project, you know, they're. Firestone Walker's base in Paso Robles, mm. um, a beautiful part of the country, Central Coast. Um, they opened this project in Buellton. So that's how the, the Whistle Pig and some of those ones, they're able to curate these unbelievable barrels. And where they're willing to take beers, nothing shy of phenomenal. I mean, that's that's real dedication. If you're buying those, these aren't like, and no offense to anybody that uses like a Jim Beam barrel or anything like that. Pappy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Elijah. You start using that kind of stuff, though, I mean... That's real money to get one of those barrels. This is not cheap stuff. Just transporting it. I wonder what the crazy. trucking cost. <laughs> it's well, crazy. Yeah. Again, you got that Oma Gang money. Who cares, I guess? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so where we started before the break and where I want to go to for at least a little bit um, is the only place has been, I don't know, I guess the word is mired. You mentioned like a three-year kind of window. Mired in legal living, living in constant tumult. Living, you know, it's oh, that's a, a good that's a good word, man. I like that. Tumult, yeah, tumultuous it, times. That sounds good. Yeah, but not enough people use it as tumult. Oh, right. I think it sounds good. I like tumult. Yeah, it gives it it gives it a fair amount of cachet. It does, and it, and I think it really, you know, that's why we have words. You know, <laughs> that, that the tumult <laughs> totally describes what I'm doing. You know, yeah. so it's I'm not far off. I don't think. No, you, I, I think it's you very look at where we've gone and where we've had to go to get where we are. Yeah, both ge- geographically as well as politically. Um, the store being featured in the Wall Street Journal on Christmas Day was something I never thought I would do when I was making sandwiches six, seven years ago. But right. here we are. So, so I'm going to say that term was apropos. It was apropos. Wow. See, Sam, we're throwing vocab around here. Yeah, apropos. I'm just delaying the conversation up for vocab talk. (laughs) (laughs) Let me check my word of the day calendar before I came here. I didn't know that. (laughs) It's not usually a segment on the podcast. This is the vocabulary word of the day. Thesaurus. (laughs) All right. So, I guess. Living in tumult. Yeah, tumult. Yeah. So, my first question is when did you start? So you've had beer at the store since the beginning, I assume. We've from sold a- beer since. We got our license July 11th of 2008 to sell packaged beer. So out of the fridge, you know, people buying six packs or carry, whatever else. What they would call an, uh, I think it's an AX license okay. is, is the shorthand that the State Liquor Authority uses. You, you, know, you know way too much about I'm this way stuff already. way more familiar than you want to be. <laughs> now we have an EB license. Oh, look at you. EB Place beer license, which nice. we achieved on... June 28th of 2013, a full, just over a year before we were given our CFO for the edition. Uh, we got the edition. We, we had installed taps. and uh, So talk about the edition for a second. I mean, a beautiful space, but yeah, something so, you so built the, out. The, so real quick, the cha- let's go back to the EB license yeah, yeah. because that's what allowed us to drink beer on premise. And it didn't matter what it was. Uh, but in the original store, that 40 by 60 structure that I built, we got this license that allowed us to drink beer on premise. Grocery stores can't sell wine, um, but we do sell beer and malt beverages. And the Eating Place beer license pretty much says that if you have prepared food with seating, you can consume anything that you sell, right? including those beer, ciders, and malt beverages. So we kind of like this sip and shop program where we'd have a cooler with some tall boys of Brooklyn or something in a basket. And people were kind of into it. They were drinking beers, having a beer with lunch, maybe buying a six-pack, and they'd go out and have something in the lawn. So you could drink beer in the store. 
and in the lawn. And it was it was really great. You got there through the porch, which is also a designated area. So we kind of almost maybe five, 6,000 square feet of drinking space. Which is pretty sweet for that kind of area. Overlooking the lake, outside, Absolutely. outside. Uh, we had visions of a deck. Um, and, and to go one step further, we decided to make it a full addition uh, with a deck. And the, the addition was you know, 30 by 20, pretty much, like 10% of the already existing drinking area. I mean, not not huge. I mean, this not, is not not, a, not huge at all. Air conditioned, spray foams, you know, for mm-hmm. noise or insulation, or whatever else. Um, but there we were drinking beers, and one of the neighbors complained, and a few of the town board members saw it as an opportunity and and began a movement to try to revoke my special use permit, and uh, that led to me filing an Article seventy eight petition. Come to find out, I, I actually didn't know it at the time. Once you, you know, I have the license from the state liquor authority, and there's a lot of steps you have to go through to get that public notification and putting it in the paper and everything else. Sure. Uh, then the town approved the addition, and I was already drinking beer in the store and on the porch and in the lawn. Well, and let's talk about that for a second. This is not what I would consider a boisterous place. We close it. We cl- I already I agreed to close at ten. Right. Before I could ever sell beer, even packaged to go, that was part of my special use permit originally, going back to to 2007. This isn't this isn't a rowdy party bar. This is a place predominantly where second homeowners, a lot of families, drinking you know seven dollar twelve ounce pours of some of the nicer beers. I think that we have access to here, especially in the Finger Lakes. Um, I would take my tap list over over many places. You know, within a thirty mile radius, maybe none. Um, right. I, I really pride myself in having really great stuff and having a great clientele and having a great space with a great view and music and scene and everything else and. It was shocking to me to, to find that, that it, my own small town, where my family's been for generations, decided that this wasn't something that belonged here. And it's not like you're not in you're not an interloper. You're not a carpetbagger. You are a your family has. It, a, it comes up because it is who I am, and I'm proud of it. But yeah, no, my my the name of the road is my mother's maiden name, uh, Knapp Road. My, my I'm the seventh generation of the house that I live in. The the property's been in our family for over 200 years, and yeah, so to call, to call me a carpetbagger. Right. Uh, there's your word of the day that you don't know. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like you weren't there before. It's not like you came in from a, from the big city or wherever. And, and, and just, I'd already been doing it. We'd already right. been drinking beers. So yeah. here you are. Legally, you're able to drink Corona buckets in the side lawn, but I can't sell you one of Jay Nichols, you know, Dr. Ellsworth IPAs on draft in the AC. It, right. was, it was shocking to me to think that this was the, the kind of common sense, quote unquote, that we were working with. Well, common sense very rarely is common sense when somebody calls it common sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and what's so funny is, you know, in, in a state where people really complain about New York State, what a tough environment it is to do business in, it was New York State that really saved my ass in this process because right. there was it was a renegade, you know, kind of rogue small government abusing power. And at least according to the first round of technically state Supreme Court rulings, uh, they see it in my favor and agree with me on, on all counts. So we've, we've been able to drink beer per the SLA's uh, approval. Uh, February 6th of this year, I was down in Manhattan and got that approval. When we opened up uh, February, or excuse me, uh, end of April, early May for our 10-year anniversary, we were serving beer again. And all things are back to normal for us for now. So let's take that back a second because it's not, it hasn't just been one thing. This whole time. It's not like there's been one hurdle and it's been impossible to climb over. It's been multiple different places giving you problems for Here's different reasons. Jump through it. Yeah. Okay, now the hoop's on fire. Jump through it. Now the fire hoop is over 
the shark, you know, tank with freaking laser beams on their heads kind right. of thing. You know, there there was, and we just kind of keep going. And it, it, patience is a virtue. I say it a lot. Um, people were intrigued, you know, kind of that David versus Goliath kind of a thing. Oh, for sure. Um, it, it, the story sells for whatever reason. People have been a, a attached to it, and it's put it's put me in in a spotlight that I have not had to ever be in in my life. It, it's taught me a lot about myself and, and just how to handle yourself, both on the radio, in public, in news interviews, you know, under legal representation, and and all that. Well, I mean, that's that's not something people have any preparation for. This no. isn't something you've prepped for your whole life. No, I, I was a political science major. Some of my oh, friends. Oh, look yeah, at you. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a big fan. Well, well, <laughs> my friends have stayed with it. They're called lawyers themselves. So <laughs> I was just too lazy to go and, and complete the, the next three years. But yeah. I, I was well-versed enough. I was comfortable. I believed in what I was saying. I, I know what I'm saying. When you tell the truth, your story doesn't have to change. You just can just tell it over and over and over it again. It makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Makes, it? Yeah, and I'm a stickler for dates and names. Anybody will tell you documents. Uh, the, bu- the beauty of handling this has been it's mostly done in primary resources. So when I say that a state liquor authority meeting had this or that a fourth department appellate division hearing had this, or you know, uh, you know Evan Dawson, you know having right. having somebody like Bob Duffy weigh in, having the Wall Street Journal call us and, and put a story out on Christmas Day. These are not things when I started making grilled cheeses ten years ago that I thought I was going to have to do. But again, here we are. Here we are, and now you are you are more well versed than you probably ever thought you'd be, and you know how to dance around everything because it's something you have to do, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I don't mind learning that that legal process. I don't mind. I, I like knowing more about the law. Yeah, I, I found out as a business owner. Not that I took it for granted. You just you don't really realize how little you know about what there is you should know until a situation like this happens. And now I'm more well versed on ABC law, right? Uh, uh, alcoholic beverage control law than 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 many, not most, but many. Well, but how how is that when when it's your when it's the town you've lived in that you grew up in? Yeah. Coming, coming at you for Code enforcement officer, town board, you know, supervisor, town attorney, zoning board of appeals chairman, all of these people telling not only you, kind of gaslighting you, making you right. trying to tell you something that isn't really true, but then sharing it with the state liquor authority. So who does the state liquor? You're you're in Man- you're chairman Vincent Bradley of the state liquor authority, and you're down in Manhattan, and here's a town, Barrington. That has all of these officials telling you one thing, and here's the small business owner spreading mayo telling you another. Who do you believe? In a town of how many people? Uh, a 1,600, probably 20, 25% are Mennonite, not registered voters. Wow. Uh, yeah, so 809 registered voters in the town. Um, very small. Right. We don't, we don't have a single service of any kind shy of snow removal. We have a $1.6 million annual budget. The town has spent just over eighty nine thousand in the last two years legally fighting me in this. You've got to be kidding me! That's one hundred and eleven dollars per registered voter for those of you doing the math. <sighs> wow! I mean, I I know if I were a registered voter in the, I I, I want to use all the other words for I'm going to say the town of Barrington. Yeah, that would drive me up the goddamn wall. So so maybe not for my final trick since we're still in the court of appeals, but for my here you go my penultimate trick. <laughs> I'm going to repeal prohibition. I love so, it. So we were battling. We win the state 
we win the lower court case, the, uh, the state Supreme Court case, actually. State Supreme Court is the lowest court, you know, it just sounds fancy. But we win that case. August, we go down to Manhattan. Hey, we won. Well, in the middle of that thing, in that, of that time period, we found out that because Barrington doesn't have a, a post office and isn't even recognized by, by the mail service, um, Barrington's a dr- Barrington was a dry town. This, this this sounds way too much like a Simpsons episode. I don't know if you're um, a Simpsons nerd like me. I yeah, born and raised with them, so I. I mean, I, that I, episode sounds like exactly what you're going through. They found a law that's a combination of the Dukes of Hazard and the Simpsons. <laughs> is really, I think, how uh, most of my friends would put it. As long as you don't get put in a catapult, I'm I'm going to be pretty <laughs> <laughs> pretty happy with the outcome of this. So so they call me in under investigation. Uh, to the state liquor authority in Buffalo. I'm already scheduled to go and right. get this expansion of this huge, you know, Article 78 petition and state Supreme Court, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'm supposed to go down to New York City and get my license. And in, in about three weeks before, two weeks before, I get a letter saying I'm under investigation for essentially perjury because <laughs> I had I had lied on my application, or so right. they thought. So I go to I go to Buffalo, and I'm in this interview, and I said, well, listen, you know, I hired a consultant for this. If they didn't put something down, I take responsibility. But what about all the other businesses that are already selling alcohol? What do you mean we're a dry town? What about Barrington Cellars? What about Barrington Distillers? What about McGregor Vineyards? Which, it, I mean, is it, legitimately no more than, what, 500 feet from your... Barrington Cellars is... Or, yeah, Barrington Cellars is less than a quarter mile from my place. right? And it's named Barrington, right? right? But it's in Panyan. Uh. And McGregor's... God love my been a clan member for ten years. They call it the clan there. Yeah, oh, of uh, course they do. Uh, and that's they, C, by the way. Yes, yes. With a C. Definitely C. Uh, I've been a member there 10 years. They're in Dundee, but they're also in Barrington. Jesus so I said, Christ. well, what about what about all these other guys? You know, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but how did they get their license if we're in a dry town? And they were they looked at the investigators looked at me like, what? <laughs> what? What did you say? Like all these other places. They're like, We'll be right back. <laughs> we'll like, be right back. Ten minutes later, they come <laughs> back, the, the, two, the two guys. And one, one of them, you can tell, is doesn't know how to relay the news that he's about to tell me. And that's that the liquor authority had, had kind of messed up because they only ask for mailing address. They don't ask for township. Oh, they didn't shit. realize it until the town of Barrington sent them all the information about the lawsuit. It was you know, me versus the, the town of Barrington. And the SLA says, well, wait a minute. Why is he suing Barrington if his license says Penyan? Well, even the town of Barrington isn't in Barrington. It's also in Penyan, according to their mailbox. Oh, God. So it's not, e- not even incorporated. And we've had zoning since you know the 80s. None of that carried over. There was a law that they passed in 1967 that allowed for hotels and motels to serve on premise. You know, they were on the water. That's where the, that's where, first of all, that's where the poor people live. That's what they fish for their food down there. Yeah. You know, that was it. But the Viking, uh, was the, was the motel that they, uh, built 19, late 1960s. They passed the law to drink on premise. The place never had a bar or a restaurant and all was kind of forgotten. So when Barrington created planning and zoning in the eighties, they never carried over prohibition. There's nothing in the code that mentions dry law only New York State had it on their records. Oh, my God. So for my second to last trick, I get to the State Liquor Authority in August, and they say, well, that's great you won the case. Congratulations. You won the court case. That's awesome. But you got to go home now and get a petition and get a ballot initiative, and you got to repeal prohibition before we can finally approve this. <laughs> so 
Like, in, okay. the, in the year in the in the year of our Lord 2018. Yeah, right. You have to repeal prohibition. Yeah, and I said Barrington finally joined the 21st century by repealing the 21st Amendment. Oh my God! So, <laughs> uh, we came home. We we did the language kind of research that we needed to have. Put it on a petition. Got got the number that we needed. And how you come up with that number is kind of its own thing. You know, you go back to the last statewide election, which was governor in 2014. So it's 25% of the aggregate voter pool of the last gubernatorial election is the number of petitions needed to get something on the ballot for the next year. From the town. From the town. So every registered voter, there was like 320-some-odd people, 340 maybe, whatever. So I needed to get 88 signatures on a petition. In about, so that's in, in about a two and a half week time because over ten percent. By the time we got home, got the petition, the time we were already like leading up to the election, which was in November, November seventh, fifty years to the day, November seventh, nineteen sixty seven. They they chose to keep Barrington a mostly dry town. Mm-hmm. November seventh, twenty seventeen, we repealed prohibition. So leading up to that, you know, we had to get these signatures. Thankfully enough, I have a pretty good social media presence. So I, you know, I was telling people what I needed to do. I, and within a week, I didn't even barely really leave the store. Help of, of a few of my friends, my buddy Brian and and Scott, and some of these other guys that that are around town, went. And within a week, we had the number of signatures needed. And that's what that's over ten percent of the registered voters of your town. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Which yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. That's I of mean, all of them. If you consider if if you considered scope, if you try to get ten percent of the registered voters anywhere, yeah, that's a thing you need to and do. They all pretty much came in the store. <laughs> they just awesome. signed up. Uh, so there you were, uh, November 7th, as a Barrington resident, when you flipped over your ballot and you had all the, the town council and legislators, state legislators, whatever you have, uh, there on the back. You have questions one through three. You probably remember if you voted. Mm. There was a constitutional convention question and some of, of those course. other questions. Barrington had questions four, five, and six, which regarded specifically the, the, the language we needed voted on uh, in the affirmative to fully repeal prohibition as we knew it in our town. And we did that by... On an average, just over an 80-20 margin. So Barrington, most residents in the town of Barrington totally agree with where I'm at in this process. 20%? Life is 80-20. Don't, don't, (laughs) yeah, I know. People want to say that, right? It's like, no, that's that's everything, you know? It's just, you know, some of them are haters, some of them are teetotalers, and some of them are just mean. 20%. So... I'm, yeah, we got eighty. Let's focus on the. That's 80. pretty good. Yeah, that's a super majority by political standards. Yeah, it is. It is pretty super. Yeah. <laughs> so, and at that point, your mindset is, boy, we've got everything licked. This is, we've gone over this hurdle. This seems like the last of the hurdles. Yep. Yep. And so we we did we repealed prohibition, <laughs> which not, <laughs> not too many people get to say. Yeah. And uh, that was. Uh, November 7th, February 6th, we go down to Manhattan. I go to Manhattan, the State Liquor Authority. We have a hearing. Again, these are all primary resources. So you can go on the State Liquor Authority website, look up the hearings, go to February 6th. I'm the, like the third case, maybe 30 minutes in. It's all there. It's all there. Um, my attorney appears in Buffalo via teleconference along with some of my opponents. And after about a 30-minute hearing, you know, there's room full of people. They were all probably waiting for me to just get get done so they could get on with their day. Uh, but we had the discussion, and Chairman Bradley found that per the vote and per the the lower court's decision, that was enough for him to give us permission. Yeah. Allah. But <laughs> here's where the laser beams get put on the shark's heads. Of course. The town had appealed the lower court's decision. Oh, my God. So the town appeals it. The state then recognizes the appeal, 
grants us permission subject to the appellate division coming through also in our favor. And here is where we are now. We, we're, we're still waiting from February 20th, which is when the hearing was. There's been a handful, less than a handful of, of decision days. Those are all predetermined by the, by the fourth department uh, of, the, of the appellate division. Um, we've had a handful of those decision days. We have not made the decision schedule yet. There are three of the next four, the, the 15th, 29th of June and 6th of July are all decision days. So at 301, we'll be on the fourth department's website. So we're away. right here. We're right now. We're right. This is happening as, I you're, mean, you're, this, you're this three, is right you're, around you're, now. You're, you're Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We are, what time is it? It's, we're, we're just under 72 hours. 60, from a possible decision. 69 and a half hours, 68 and a half hours away from a possible decision. So wow. You can come down, visit, watch me pace back and forth <laughs> while we refresh the screen. <laughs> 301 and a half. Where, is the, where are these guys? Yeah, what the hell's going and then on? Then it comes up, and you scroll down to the bottom. It's all in alphabetical order. And the fourth department's all, all of western New York. It's like Allegheny County, the Yates oh, okay. County. You scroll down to the bottom, and sometimes Yates isn't even on there. They don't even have a case, which was the case on, the, on Friday. The right. Eighth, there's nothing. I mean, nothing. Nothing on this. Just not nothing. you, that's there's for not, sure. And then you just, what, what do you do now? Just wait till the no, next time. Yeah, nothing. 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 <laughs> pour, pour more beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you've got the courts, and you know, based on everything you've got, you're you're assuming everything's going the way you're. It seems to be going properly, and then you've got your. You still have local local pushback, which seems very odd after yeah, all this time. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm not going to get too much involved with it. We still fair. We do have a, an ongoing civil case, so my attorneys would not want me to get too in, divulged there. Completely we, reasonable. We, we have had some people that feel that the store deteriorates or, or you know, kind of depreciates their business value, if the, or their, their home value, excuse me, because they're near my business. Yeah. Um, I, I clearly don't believe that. And, and the places that have come up nearby for sale have sold immediately. People that rent their homes nearby tell me time and time again how thankful they are to, to have the store and how much it brings to people. You know, you come in from out of town, you don't actually realize that you are 8, 9, 10 miles from a gallon of milk or from, you know, charcoal, starter fluid, you know, a slice of turkey, name the thing. And, and we kind of have most of that stuff that helps you helps you keep your vacation going. Yeah. Um, so having the store nearby is a real benefit to many. And I, I would never want to have a business that wasn't. Well, I think that's important. No matter what you do, if you're not adding value, right. I mean, what, what are you really doing right. with yourself? Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not that I've told Evan this on on my interviews with him and yeah. I don't mean to be so whimsical about it but with the lifestyle that I lead having you know I don't even have a credit card you know so uh, to be able to just kind of get the store in a position to support itself I I don't ask for much um I I I deal in a short window of time I look for as many avenues to make money legitimately that that kind of help the store and I think the area at the same time um and I think the store is is really that balance and I I'm, I'm proud of what I've got there which you know what? That's out of everything else. I mean, having been there, having seen what you do, the fact that it is this store is more you than it's ever been. The fact that you're doing something you're proud of is that's enough for me. It should be enough for anybody. I, I bring my closest friends up to my house, and it looks mostly like a 19th century construction site. You know, it's like <laughs> no ceiling tiles in the bathrooms. Everything's just tore apart, and yeah. you know. But everyone expects me to. I don't. I don't know what they expect. You know, there's no food in my refrigerator. I'm not there to eat anything. All it does is waste and get thrown away if I do. <laughs> the store is is really who I am. It's it, you know that's where my lounge is. That's where my kitchen is. 
That's where my balcony is. The store is kind of, uh, I'm welcoming people into my, I treat it like my home. I really do. And you know what? And that's what it's been when I've come in. When I've come in and shared things, and if mind you, not everybody's always welcome my home. <laughs> if you're a real <laughs> jerk, you know. Being, can I say asshole? On oh this God, side? yes, please do. Being an asshole, for for the record, being an asshole is not a protected class. No, it's not. I mean, like you said, I I don't I don't curse a lot on the show just because I out of habit. You shouldn't. But I mean, you know what? I mean, those kind of people can go fuck themselves I, yeah, and I, not, I, don't show up. I just I just don't, don't show up. I I work so hard to be there and keep it going. If you're not there to support me in that effort, I just I'd rather not have you come. Like, yeah. Sorry, you know, like just go, just drive to town. If you don't want to behave this way and be cool, well, uh, you know, not asking much. You know, you're out here in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> and I say that kind of facetiously, but it is. You know, it's it's a good ten minutes. You're twenty minutes round trip from anything. Yeah, that's time. You know, you break two thousand dollars a week into the in the, by the hour. You're dealing. You're over eight. You're seventeen dollars an hour every hour you're there. Yeah. So every hour counts when you're on vacation, and and I'm here to maximize that time. So if you want to be a decent person, go get some good food. Don't have to say anything. <laughs> like, you actually, don't have to say anything. You say you can say Rachel. Yeah. And I'll give you the dollar. Rachel. Amount and you can hand your credit card over and. You know, yeah. but I want to engage. You know, I, I want. I, we greet everybody that comes in. I love new people. I really am a people person. I would never want to purport that I was anything less than that because I, I do. I love my clientele. The people that are there demand more of me. Demand that we do more. You know, kind of what's next. Kind of those scenarios. It's it's tough, but it's fun. But I'm only going to do it if I know the return is there. And the return doesn't just come from the dollar. It comes from the the reaction and the spirit of of the, of the community. Which is, I mean. And hopefully the community continues to support the only place. They've done an awesome. I am so incredibly thankful for my staff, for the clients how we have. I could I could name people till tears ran down my face. How yeah. in love I am with my customers and clientele. I have the, I have the best people around me all the time. I really feel fortunate to do what I do. And for someone who I've met only a smattering of smattering of times, one of the more genuine people I've met in the area. So go check out the only place. Why don't you give the information again? We're at 823 East Lake Road. The phone number is 315-536-5454 because we're the only place on 54, Route 54. <laughs> uh, eight miles south of Penyan, about 12 miles north of Hammondsport on that east side. Sunsets are free. Come check us out. Four miles north of the Switz, in between Ravines, Weiss, Domain the Sur, Rooster Hill, Cuca Springs, you know, we got Hammondsport Grocery, which if you've never been, my buddy Dan Bailey just kills it down there with his with his draft beer selection. Beautiful. Chad over in Paltney. Cuca has more cool beer stuff. Kevin Collins uh, down there. Have you been? You heard about the I tasting sh- I'm room? I'm not sure I you, have. They have a new tasting room on the square. No. Um, I got to go down. The Park Inn. My great friend Mike Dean, who's the executive chef, a brand new place. It's just a, just a I place. I tried some gonna, of that stuff. Man, really blow, creative. Blow your mind. And, of course, Josh and Jenna Miles. From of Revelry course. and Bronca, who are down now at Snug Harbor. We have some amazing things happening on Cuca Lake, and I hope you'll come see as many of them as possible. All right. Well, Seth, thanks for coming over. Appreciate Thank you your so time. so much. I'm glad to, glad to be here. All right. See you.